Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, Aphorism for July 20th. When traveling anywhere as a tourist, don't be satisfied with merely seeing the sights. Try to feel the vibrations of the places you visit. You will find in time that you can actually sense some of their history and the consciousness of those who lived there long ago. A Mexican friend of mine from the state of Yucatan once related to me a very clear vision he'd had of an ancient temple complex where Mayans of long ago passed in and out as though they still lived there. Everything you see around you is composed of consciousness, and consciousness emits vibrations, which in turn endure for centuries, perhaps even forever. That's very interesting, isn't it? You know, there's a a long-standing spiritual tradition of pilgrimage, which I, myself, and many of us at Ananda have participated in. But Swami's expanding this a little bit more. He's expanding it into even if you just visit a place as a tourist, even if you're not on some sacred spiritual journey to some particularly holy spot, but everywhere you go will have a certain feeling and a certain way of relating to it. Swamiji is multilingual. He speaks about eight languages. And uh, he was traveling with a friend in... Italy, and they were on their way, I think they were either going into into Germany or whatever it was, but the woman asked him a certain question about German, and Swami was, as he said, I'm unable to answer that, but when we get to Germany, I'll be able to answer that. And then as soon as he moved to the other place, he was able to sort to say what, uh, what it was the question was, because he was suddenly in tune with that vibration. So there's vibrations here, Swami's talking about ancient vibrations like of the Mayan temple. But there's also just cultural vibrations where you can, it's not only places, but it's also people. Um, I I didn't get a passport. I didn't travel outside of the United States till I was in my mid-30s. So there was a decade or more when I was living at Ananda with Swamiji, and he had such an enormously cosmopolitan past. He, um, by the time he was 10, he'd cross, by the time he was six, perhaps, but maybe 10, he'd crossed the Atlantic four times, and he, he was born in Europe, and he spoke fluently. He was fluent in three languages, four languages. Let's see, he would, had English. He wasn't fluent in Romanian. He had English, German, and French at that point. Um, uh, he never became, as he said, he never became an adult in German, so even to this day, he speaks what he calls Kinder German, which is a child's German. The Germans say he has a child's accent in German. Swami says, I like the child's accent better. <laughs> but um, he, he would often say to us, well, there's several things I'm going to say, but he said, if you wanted to learn to speak a language, he said, most people don't do this. He said, take great care to get the accent right first. Because if you get the accent right, you're in tune with the vibration of the language. And then if you have the vibration, then everything else that's there will begin to come into you. 
And Swami also commented, and this is what he said to me before I'd had any experience of my own, was that he said often he could tell, like sitting in a coffee shop or something like that, he could tell before people spoke, now we're assuming there's no ethnic or, or costume clues, so this would be a lot in Europe, he would say he could tell what country the person was from just because their vibration was reflective of the country they were from. And I thought, I just didn't believe him. I didn't disbelieve him, but I didn't believe him until I began to travel a great deal. And you would be somewhere in India and you would see white-skinned people and you would know they had to be Australians. There just wasn't a question. Or they were certainly Israelis. And there was no doubt that group was German. They just were. You could just tell. Interestingly, just to again, go farther afield from what we're talking about. And then Swami would say, every so often you meet someone, you have no idea where they're from because they have become so completely themselves from their internal point of origin, which is the soul nature completely outside context, that you have no idea who they are until they speak. And even then sometimes they have to tell you. Swami himself was like that. People would often think he was a native of wherever he happened to be. Even when he was white-skinned in India and he would speak Bengali, they would just be very confused because he was so clearly not an Indian. But was he not an Indian? It was because he had the vibration. When he would go somewhere, he would cease being himself, cease being his habitual self. Swami himself actually could never say what his nationality was. He lived in multiple in different countries. At the end of his life, Ananda had three main places, one in Italy, one in India, and the place in America where we started, and he would just move every few months from one to the other, changing languages. India is English-speaking, but in Europe and so on. He just himself, he, he didn't really know. His passport was American, but he didn't even live in America till he was 13 years old. Okay, now, just going back to the vibrations part of it, you know, every... Every place has both a culture and a geography and, and layers and layers and layers and layers of who and what used to be there. And, and those vibrations last for centuries. Master said, one of the, when Master came to America, he declared that Los Angeles was the, the Varanasi of the West, the Benares it was called then. Benares is one of the most... Con- perhaps the oldest continuously inhabited city, perhaps in the world. And it's always been the same culture. The Indian culture is the only continuous culture. Every other culture has been interrupted multiple times all over the world. But India has always had the same culture for as far back as anyone can go. It's been through ups and downs, but it's never essentially been different. It's been Sanatana Dharma. And Varanasi is considered to be one of the holiest places in India. I will speak to vibrations. When I went to Varanasi for the first time, which would have been in 1986, when I went to India for the first time, I tend to be a little delicate, especially in those days I was very delicate. I've learned to be less so. That We were in, the traffic was unbelievable. We actually literally, we were in rickshaws, bicycle rickshaws, we got into gridlock in bicycle rickshaws and had to climb over all the rickshaws just to get on the sidewalk so we could keep going. Everybody in India honks their horns. It's just, and you know, it's just crazy. There were a lot, especially then, there were a lot of beggars, lots of, and I absolutely loved it. And everything about it would have been something that I would never 
have enjoyed. In fact, I would have panicked in front of. But there was and is, I haven't been there in a while, but there is such a deep vibration that whatever else is going on around you is so superficial compared to it. I just loved being there and because it just was there. And Master said, Los Angeles is the holiest city in America. Now, this is in, he said this in 1925 when he went there. He never stopped saying it. Los Angeles has changed a lot since 1925, which is now like really almost a hundred years ago. But it had nothing to do with what was going on on the surface. Master said it had been the site where many great saints had lived and their vibrations were still in the soil. And so when you were on that land, there was a vibration of holiness that would come up. I have to confess that even though I've been in Los Angeles a number of times, only rarely, but every once in a while, just something happens and you feel that. Now, it's pretty deeply buried in all the other things that are going on, but still, there's power there. What makes these places powerful? It's, the, it's above all, it's the consciousness of great saints. And when we, so wherever, whenever you go somewhere, don't just go to the movies and run around and talk and go shopping. Try to really be on the streets, be on the land, if possible. You know, if it's an ocean place or a lake or a, a, a place where you can get a little bit away from the present population, or if there's ancient sites, or you know it's an ancient site, just put aside not only whatever's going on environmentally in that moment, but one's own sort of identification with who I am and where I've been. Um, Many times I've heard it said, if someone has the sight to see, we go back to the places where we ourselves have been. So it's not merely that we can tune, in previous lives, of course, I mean, it's not merely that we can tune in to what used to happen. We can actually tune in to, to who I was when I was there, that it's my own experience. It's not just the experience of other, other random souls. Both are true, but why do we choose the places that we travel to? One of my friends who travels a lot, she travels entirely by intuition. She'll, just, she'll see the name of some obscure Greek island, and that's where they go the next time. Or just, it'll just, and every time when she gets there, she'll feel some vibration which is personally meaningful to her. And she gets to sort of, you might even say, relive and then finish, perhaps unfinished karma. Who can say what it's about? But then you just, you really have a wholly different kind of experience of, and if, and if, it just, it, it expands our sense of self. That's what we're trying to do. And expands our sense of the possible. Gives us a, a, a little more detachment from the incarnation we're living. Gives us a greater sense of the great flow. Now, of course, if you're going to a holy place where we know that, that great events happened or um, really divinely spiritual people lived, especially unlike Los Angeles, if, if the uh, actual circumstances are still preserved. Although there's an irony about Los Angeles. Um, Not only did Yogananda have his headquarters in Los Angeles, he also left his body in Los Angeles at the Biltmore Hotel, standing at a podium at the end of a banquet honoring the Indian ambassador to America. This was 1952. India became a country in 1948. So this was an enormous 
event of tremendous meaning for, um, did I say 48? Is it 49? Now I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. Um, that it's a, a tremendous meaning for Indians. So Master recited a poem about India, exhaled, and then fell over, and his heart had stopped. So that was in 1952, March 7th, 1952. Now, multiple times since then, the hotel has been renovated. And what used to be the ballroom at that point, the hotel switched its entrance. And, but, but, Master died standing in front of this fountain, which was designed by a very famous architect, and it was declared a, 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 an historical treasure. And so even though all the room had to be shifted and everything was done differently, they weren't allowed to dismantle or take away that fountain. So the exact spot where Master stood and left his body, isn't it ironic, was preserved. Not because the hotel reverenced it, but because God intervened and saved it. Otherwise, it, it would have been obliterated. But now you can look at the picture of Master, the last smile. You can see the background. And then you can walk there and you can see exactly where he stood and where it happened. And the, it's, so, it's so fun because the, um, the clerks <laughs> at, the, at the desk in that hotel are used to yogis coming in and sitting down. You know, normally you don't sit down in a hotel lobby, but they're quite accustomed because it's a pilgrimage spot. And when you sit there, you can feel. You can feel Master standing there. When you go to Israel, you can feel where Jesus walked. When you go to Assisi, when you go to where St. Clara lived, when you go to Saint, where St. Teresa of Avila lived, when you go to Vrindaban, where Krishna lived, it's there. And it takes travel, which is certainly an enjoyable experience under any circumstances, and gives it an entirely new dimension. So, when traveling anywhere as a tourist, don't be satisfied with merely seeing the sights. Try to feel the vibrations of the places you visit. You will find in time that you can actually sense some of their history and the consciousness of those who lived there long ago. A Mexican friend of mine from the state of Yucatan once related to me a very clear vision he'd had of an ancient temple complex where Mayans of long ago passed in and out as though they still live there. Everything you see around you is composed of consciousness, and consciousness emits vibrations, which in turn endure for centuries, perhaps even forever. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you. Thank you.